Stephanie Sambari. I feel really nice. I'm on like a soft juice cleanse. How is it? It's going well. Um, I've had to eat a little bit of food. That's good. Um, because I feel straight juice cleanse when you got to do stuff is a little bit too tough. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like I was getting headaches and I was like feeling dehydrated and just kind of tired. Also, food is good just in general. Oh, yeah, I know. I wasn't cleansing because I hate food. Right. I was cleansing because... You love food too much. I Yeah, I spent three <laughs> weeks on the East Coast and I just uh, indulged a little too hard. It's like I was eating like dairy was like leaving the world. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm never going to have cheese again. I need to eat all of it right now. That happens. I feel like anytime I leave Los Angeles... But that's the lifestyle. I'll never see pizza again, so I better eat all of it. Yeah, and that's exactly what I did. So I'm trying to just... um, Reset. Chill. I mean, we know how my digestive system is, you guys. So look, just to paint the picture, it wasn't cute. So we have a really cool guest today. I'm very excited for her. Molly Swenson. Mm -hmm. She is a COO of a very cool website called Riot.org. Yes, Riot.org is an online news Source. source. And it's... Their whole thing is uh, they're offering a they're providing a news story and then they're offering a call to action such as a way to donate, a way to educate yourself further so that we don't feel like helpless minions, you know, just is minion the word? Sure. I don't know. They're billion. I say bystanders. Bystanders. I like. Yeah. I just feel that like the news is so crippling mm-hmm. at this day and age. It's first of all, everybody has a fucking microphone with social media. So we're just inundated with information on all ends. And sometimes this is good. Their whole thing is every story lets you take action. Yes. So they're connecting you to the information that they're giving you. Like you're saying, like we get so much stuff and then we're just kind of left like, uh, and now what? Right. And the news is such a bummer. I would read this just random it's all article, scary. right, about like how to quickly elevate your mood. And one of the things was a three-day news cleanse. Mm-hmm. I saw so I did that like five years ago, and then I just kind of stopped watching the news. <laughs> with, the, with, you know, the exception of NPR and that type of stuff. But like yeah, that's only the I daily get news itself is just so harsh. And it's also like when you're, you know, somewhat intelligent, which I think that we both are. Yeah, I'm... I'm teetering. I'm smarter, but that's not right. the point. Yeah. When you understand that everything is skewed and, you know, there's money in the pockets of these things and you understand what's actually going on, I think it becomes very difficult to even watch the news because when I watch it, I'm just like, yeah, but this is bullshit. Like, I don't trust the sources yeah. that we have. Aside from, like, you're saying, like, I listen to, like, talk radio and, like, but even that has a certain, like, sway, like, a Right. You know, they're kind of trying to, to push an agenda. So what's cool about Riot is they just kind of lay it all out for you and then also help you to get involved if you want to. If you don't want to, they're not putting a gun to your head. They're just like, here's the deal. This is where you can take action if you would like. Let's have Molly. Yeah, she should come well, in. She should talk about it. We're, we're, we suck. No. Just kidding. We're fabulous. Elizabeth oh needs to love herself I more. I had too much coffee. Oh, my God. She, off, she ordered. <sighs> she ordered. A coffee with a shot of espresso with an extra shot of espresso when it already came with a shot of espresso. That's insane. So I think she's had like five shots. See ya. Let's welcome Riot.org's Molly Swenson to the show. Molly, first of all, did I say your name right? You did, yeah. Okay, cool. Sometimes I I insert the DeWolf in there in the middle because it's a cooler name. Yeah. What is that, your middle name? Oh, that's awesome. That That's is not cool. even on the website. It's better, right? So you not are, better, but cool. <laughs> you are the COO of Riot.org. What's Riot.org? 
So riot.org is the first and only news site that lets you take action on every single story. So it's basically, here's what's going on in the world, and here's what you can do about it in one place. Amazing. And how did you get involved? So it's a, it's a pretty good story, actually. I met the co-founders of Riot through Ben Stiller. So uh, <laughs> the two of them were humanitarian aid workers living and working down in Haiti right after the earthquake. And I was running Ben Stiller's foundation along with a couple of other celebrities. I was in the philanthropic consulting world. And um, all of Ben's foundation work was in Haiti. So he was building schools down there. And the organization that Riot's co-founders worked for was a grantee organization of the Stiller Foundation. So every time I planned a trip for him down there, they were on the other end of those emails. And, and what I, did the Stiller Foundation do? So they, they were essentially a grant-making organization. Wonderful. So they would give sums of money to Architecture for Humanity or Artists for Peace and Justice or JPHRO or a number of different organizations down in Haiti that were focused on mainly disaster relief and school building. The way Riot's co-founder Bryn tells it is that... It, you know, when you know someone's, like, good on email, and you're mm -hmm. like, that person's just sort of on on their shit. Um, and he, you know, he's this incredible creative mind, and I've sort of been functioning as his, like, right brain for the last three years. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I, and as you said, Riot not only delivers the news, but then delivers a solution, a call to action, so that when, as I'm sure this happens, I think so much with us, which is why I tend to turn off current events because it gets me so riled up and you mm -hmm. feel so helpless and so kind of attacked by the world. And you guys, at the end of every single story, it's like, here's how to help. Here's an organization that lends to aiding this issue. Here's where you can inform yourself further. It's so perfect. I mean, I think there's, uh, it's such a masochistic pursuit trying to stay informed if you are reading the news because yeah. what's interesting about it is that the stuff that's being covered is the disasters, it's the deaths, it's the rapes, it's the travesties, precisely because that's not what normally happens. But because it's being covered, it seems like that's all that happens. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and then so you walk away and you're like, great, everyone's dying and there's nothing that I can do about it. Right. Perfect. And that's like, that's why people don't read the news. Exactly. And I feel like that's why people like don't vote. Like I was on your site and I was, I would, uh, there was the article about is Donald Trump really leading the GOP race? And like, yeah. First of all, I was like, yeah, what is that? Like, please tell me more. And then the article just explained what polling even is. And I was like, how am I 29 years old? And I did right. not even understand, like, the way that politics works. Like, right. so it, it's even something like that where it, like, breaks it down in, like, a simple way where people are like, okay, yeah, like, this is the world that I'm engaged with. And, like, I can choose whether or not I want to, like, go into that or go over here. Yeah, and I think that's other something else that's weird to think about is that your clicks create the economy of content that you're going to be getting oh, wow. fed, yeah. right? Where the reason that when it bleeds, it leads is because people buy newspapers and people tune in and people click on those stories. Mm -hmm. So the more you can avoid doing that, or at least like reading them on Riot, <laughs> the, you know, generally the less that's the type of news you're going to be fed. Right. A great article that I caught the other day that I think just perfectly depicts kind of the well-rounded content that Riot.org has is in lieu of the Sandra Bland issue, what exactly are your rights in a traffic stop? It's such a great afterthought to kind of educate all of us, right? And then to that at the bottom of the article, you give a link to the ACLU which is an organization working to expand government transparency and reform across the U.S. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, thanks for providing that. That's what we do. And, I, th you know, with that story, too, and with everything that we post, I mean, the goal is to inform 
entertain and activate and not necessarily in that order, right? In some cases, um, you know, we, we do have viral content. We do have trending content. We so have it's animal must videos. know latest yeah. and trending. Right, exactly. Yeah. But also just as far as like what we're, what we're covering, we try and we try and get a massive array of coverage because we want people to use content as an entry point for discovering new causes that they may not have known exist or new issues that they can get on board with and that they're passionate about. Because we think, you know, no one wakes up in the morning and is like, oh, I want to donate to an organization. Which one should I be? <laughs> yeah. Or like, I want to sign some petitions. Like, where are we <laughs> It's all compelled by content and compelled by good storytelling and compelled by current events. So for us, it's just so important that we that we don't silo ourselves, especially in sort of what we call the social good ghetto, which is like only fracking and GMOs and child soldiers and, you know, police brutality. We want to have this lighter stuff in there because otherwise it's exhausting to read the site as it is to read the news. Yeah, that's what I was saying to you before, which is that like I was so happy that I was reading some like pretty heavy stuff and then I came back to the homepage and I was like, oh, and look at that like, you know, little animal doing this little thing. Like right. it, it <laughs> much, it Thank lightened God it up. Thank God you threw a cat video in there, my No, God. but truly, like we <laughs> need probably that. probably the Pomeranian sneezing video that we can't be mad. Yeah, about. yeah, that is. What There's it is. really nothing cuter. Uh, yeah, like that. You need that when you're digesting your news because otherwise, it's just like it heavy. It's so heavy, and it just you're just like everything fucking sucks. And I feel like <laughs> what's good about your site too is like from going on Riot, I w- I linked myself to the Mark Maron Obama podcast, mm-hmm. which I was like, wow, I finally like am listening to this because I got it through a channel where it like kept me engaged. Right, and. He was saying, like, the the way of the future is, like, people getting involved, like, with stuff like this. Like, yep. because there's, like, the big machine that's still, like, keeping us isolated. But, like, slowly it's, like, like you guys are on the ground floor of such, like, an admirable and important part of social change. It's so fucking cool. Well, thanks. I mean, it's uh, – we, we feel it. And we yeah. feel like we're on the precipice of, precipice of it every day. And sometimes we're, like, are we just crazy? Are we, like, just in our office in Venice, like, thinking we're revolutionaries? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not. But I think that really there's something incredible happening right now. And we saw it probably at the beginning of like 2010, 2011, where social media like broke down every barrier that existed. You know, you have YouTubers interviewing the president and you have Redditors, you know, polling for questions that they should be asking legislators. Like there's this moment where you don't need Anderson Cooper to go overseas and tell you what's happening in the world because people are telling their own stories. And what our goal has always been from the start is how do we amplify the voices of the voiceless? And it's actually the entire, the the name riot comes from a Martin Luther King Jr. quote, a riot is the language of the unheard. Because historically, that is the only way to be heard if you're a marginalized member of society. Mm -hmm. You're breaking windows, you're turning over cars. Yeah. But the way it's spelled actually with a Y is a Hindi word that means peasant, which is the lowest caste member. Um, And this whole idea of giving people a platform to amplify their voice no matter who they are, no matter where they are, is part of the goal of all of it. It's it's inherent in our films when we do that sort of storytelling and in the type of contributors that we're trying to bring on board. There's a really exciting thing we're doing, not to continue on this tangent, but uh, where we're actually giving these little iPhone kits. Um, we have 10 of them right now that we're deploying across 10 countries. It's an iPhone 6 Plus in this really hard case with a little selfie stick, a mic that can go in and out, a lens, and it's all hooked up to an iCloud account. So it's right now we have them in Syria, Somalia, Turkey, Bangladesh. They'll soon be in Sudan and um, Haiti, and we're determining the other countries now. And so we're doing these little trainings for these kids who are students and humanitarians and journalists 
to to be their own news van, mm. right? Because what was in a news van and, you know, what the New York Times used to have, which was printing presses and, you know, all of that is now contained in something that's this big and can fit in your backpack. Yeah. Right. You can make the news on that. You can transmit the news and you can consume it all in the same device. And it's mm. what we say is like that the iPhone is the most revolutionary or disruptive invention in journalism since the printing press. Mm-hmm. And we... And we believe that. And there's no one sitting at a desk being like, well, this isn't really the vibe of our con. Like, you guys are just like, the vibe is like whatever you guys tell us it is. It's not like someone trying to skew it for their own agenda, which is like probably one of the more refreshing truths of the site. Right. And having an agenda isn't necessarily a bad thing as long as you make that known. Just don't go out there and be like, we're an objective news source when like, no, you're not Fox News. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And people don't really, I feel like much of the population doesn't think that. I mean, everyone's like, yeah, Fox News is like skewed right, but the people who are watching it aren't thinking that. No. And they're like, it's the the truth. CNN and MSNBC, I mean, they're all skewed equally far the opposite direction. I think the 24-hour news channels had shifted our psyche as a whole in such a drastic way and our way of consumption it's all designed to scare the shit out of you did you guys see the late the last anchorman anchorman 2 mm-hmm. the entire thing is about this like the birth of 24-hour news and like what they now consider news it's like get to the zoo like this mama bear is having a baby <laughs> yes like... out of hand so i know you brought some stories directly from the site to share with our listeners. Yeah, well, so, and as opposed to thinking of them as stories, even, they're more case studies to okay. us. Um, and the way we look at the work that we're doing is we try and not only sort of be reactive to what's happening in the news cycle, um, but also infuse this sort of 360, multi pronged, multi platform approach to creating a specific impact that we want to have, right? Mm-hmm. So, Um, in a lot of cases it goes news plus action, right? The news comes first and then we tack on the action. In other cases, it's like, oh, we know we want to have this impact. Now what media do we need to create and who do we need to get it to and how in order to have that impact? Okay. Um, so, you know, one of the, one of the most recent versions of that was, um, the Ebola epidemic. When that broke out, um, you know, we, we knew we wanted to have an impact on this, on this cause and we weren't probably ourselves going to be, the ones that stopped the spread of Ebola, but um, but what's the aftermath of that? Um, and you know what we saw is that there's this incredible orphan crisis that's happened. Um, all of these kids whose whose parents have died and now are being taken in by family members or friends who um, who couldn't afford to care for their own kids, right? Let alone three. And the four, orphan crisis more. is in Africa. it's in Liberia, yeah. So West Africa primarily. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had our, our co-founder, David, um, who's VP of International Operations for this massive humanitarian aid organization, go out and start manufacturing chlorine. So he actually was working as a humanitarian. Um, and when he got there, he met... Chlorine? This, yeah, for sanitation. So it, it okay. sterilizes everything. Okay. Um, and that's the biggest problem is sort of hygiene. And that's how it spreads, right? right. Through, through bodily fluids. Oh, it's exactly. So what, so what was so interesting is, so when he got there, he met, he got embedded with this team of body collectors. There are volunteers from the Red <sighs> Cross. And um, there was only one woman on the team of 12 of them. And she's this incredible heroic figure who literally, you know, she has her own son. She's volunteering, wakes up at five in the morning to go around and collect the dead bodies. And all of her friends ostracized her because they didn't want to get near her. They knew she was handling bodies. And so being embedded with this body team as a humanitarian, our our co-founder then started capturing on film what was happening, right? And what that turned into 
was a short documentary with this woman as the subject. Cool. Basically detailing uh, on the ground. He filmed literally most of it in a hazmat suit. Um, edited it while he was in 21-day quarantine when he got oh back to the States. You need something to do. Right. <laughs> so through that, we have this very intense personal portrait of an individual who is, in her own way, helping stop the spread of Ebola. And so when he came back with this footage, we knew we had something with it, right? Um, and so what we, you know, what we created around that was not only a short documentary, but, you know, we brought Olivia Wilde on as executive producer. She's executive producer a number of our documentaries to help amplify the distribution of that. You can mm-hmm. get interviews on the Today Show if you have Olivia Wilde right. on your film. <laughs> and she knows that. She's so smart and savvy about how you get content consumed um, by a population that wouldn't otherwise care about it. Right. So we had, you know, an entire press circuit planned around that. We had an entire editorial strategy built um, with content, you know, taking snippets from the film, taking photo series, taking interviews with doctors. um, And all of it was linked to this fundraiser for the Ebola orphans. Um, We ended up raising tens of thousands of dollars for that, um, the film got out in, uh, I think it's been in over 10 international film festivals at one Tribeca where it premiered. Wow. And we got over 200 million media impressions wow. on it, um, bringing Ebola back into the spotlight. And we did this because we knew we wanted to have an impact on this issue. It was relevant and in the news. It was one that, you know, we could affect lives really quickly and easily because mm-hmm. money goes so far, right? Each of these orphans only needs 300 bucks for the entire year for food uniform, school supplies, tuition. Wow. Right? Think about the that cost of a private, the <laughs> a private school in LA, right? Yeah. That wouldn't even cover, you know, <laughs> like a, a class. Day. That's yeah. lunch. Exactly. <laughs> so really, it's looking at this whole holistic, this campaign holistically and looking at the impact we want to have and every single touch point we can have on it. You know, who can we bring on board? Who's going to amplify it? What type of content and on what platforms do we need to put it? This is sort of how we're approaching it, everything. And, you know, we have projects now from sort of environmental and animal rights to prison reform, uh, criminal justice, about food security, I mean, HIV AIDS, all of these, you know, we're trying to develop campaigns around and bring the right partners on board. So for for me, just recently, that was sort of one of the big wins and something that we're really proud of. And we actually brought Garmai, we hired Garmai um, out of the Red Cross now that the epidemic has been contained to run the Orphans Initiative. Oh, wow. Um, so Is Garmai she, the female? Garmai, yeah, sorry. Wonderful. She's, the, she's the, the woman who's the subject of the doc. And so she now is employed basically bringing the aid that's needed to these orphans whose parents she literally took away in, in large part. Anyway, it'll be, we'll be doing some screenings in LA. And I'll yeah, great. I'd love to come. What I love about the, what you're talking about is also like, you know, I think a lot of people kind of feel like they would like to get involved or they see things that are happening and then they kind of go away. Like, you know, every month or every week there's like some crazy news source and then mm-hmm. a week later something else happens and then mm-hmm. we forget about the other thing. And then like I like that your site is like an aggregate of all things and then people based on like what kind of reaches out to them can decide very easily what they want to participate with. Yeah, and we are, we're totally agnostic about that, right? Like, the thing that moves me or things that move me don't necessarily have to move you. Right. That's fine, right? Yeah. Like, you don't have to care about Haiti. You don't have to care about endangered species. You don't have to care about autism awareness. Like, you're going to find something that's yeah. a part of your personal story and your narrative, and it's going to be something, you're going to learn something you can't unlearn or see something you can't unsee, and it's going to it's gonna change your life because you'll find your purpose through that. And yeah. we're just trying to help people get there yeah 
and like content. the voice, like the voice of the individual, like that is so beautiful and so important. And it's like you're giving that voice, and you're also you're giving that voice on both sides of the of mm-hmm. the spectrum, like to the people on that side that need the story, and then the people on this side that are like, yeah, like give us something to participate in, give us a reason. Right. It's really cool. And the other the other story too that I, I love, um, well, not that I love. I mean, it's a tragic story about Cecil the Lion, which everyone is so oh, up in arms about, right? This American unbelievable. dentist called Cecil. But the interesting thing about that is that like it wasn't totally illegal, right? Like if she had been killed a a couple hundred meters away from where she was, it would have been totally legal. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that a lot of people realize. And you start looking into this issue of like, oh, poaching versus big game hunting when it comes to like how these big animals die. And it gets so complicated and overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, all weekend was going back and forth with my friend Nikki Reed. Uh, We're going to be filming a documentary together actually in Africa about sort of conservation, uh, the cove of big uh, mammal conservation. Yeah, like we shame and this guy because it was because it was illegal. But, but, it, but if it was legal, of, it would still be the same disgusting it's act. The same. But there's this. Sorry, there's disgusting this, is judgmental. <laughs> well, I mean, I think killing a, a yeah. creature for sport. Is okay, sure. We all agree. We all <laughs> agree. Yeah. yeah. Pretty. Sorry awesome. for all those big game hunters who listen to that yeah. so retrograde. <laughs> but what I loved that, and it wasn't it was something that I hadn't even thought about. Um, Delta came out saying that they are now banning all big game trophies on board their flights. Nice. And they're one of the few airlines and partner airlines that fly directly from the U.S., from South Africa to the U.S., where a lot of this is happening. And that's such an interesting solution to think about, where you're like, oh, my God, it's such a big issue. How can I ever stop it? Like, if I donate $10 to this organization, is it really going to do anything? Yeah. Well, like, stopping the, like, preventing the demand, right, or preventing the accessibility Mm -hmm. of this sport is actually, like, a major component so uh, to me it's like oh shit delta did it like let's pressure every other single airline Mm -hmm. to do that so like you have to fly private if you're going to do it and by the way that's pretty cost prohibitive yeah not that people paying fifteen thousand dollars to kill a uh, elephant or rhino can't afford that but still it's that's a really interesting through line in a way to creative solution right and the reason they did it was because of a petition right it was this change.org petition that this guy who was a diamond status on uh, on delta started and they listened right and i was just on email wow really with, yeah i'm friends with um a couple of the delta folks and sent them an email being like thank you for doing this we're so pumped and they were like we you know it's the right thing to do we're gonna pressure other airlines to follow well, suit that's uplifting yeah that's yeah. awesome because you wouldn't think that's not, like, the obvious solution. It's not at all. It's not at all. Wonderful. Any other news bits for us? <laughs> um, think Go that... to the website, Elizabeth. Riot.org. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but the, you know, the thing I was going to bring up, which we're having a really um, intense time with our coverage, is this sort of police brutality, right. um, you know, killing of unarmed civilians, black, white, or anything. Um, you know, we, what's so strange to think about is that it's not like this is happening more than it ever did. It's just that people now have cameras on their cell phones and are capturing it and are bringing it to light. And I'm really glad you said that because I think it's very, um, disheartening because I feel like in a lot of ways, young people have been like, yeah, we're coming out of a racist society, but What's interesting about that, it's difficult to talk about, but, like, you're right. We were just living in the dark before. Right, and we're putting a microscope on on it now. Yeah, and so by, like, highlighting it and, like, having it have this, like, crazy resurgence, it Mm -hmm. is ultimately 
like a good thing, but right. we have to have like ourselves reflected on ourselves in a way, and it's not pretty. Right, and that's why you know we we do this coverage where it's like, oh, know what your rights are at a traffic mm-hmm. stop, and we actually are working with this amazing director named Matthew Cook who. Uh, riots alongside him producing this documentary called Survivor's Guide to Prison. Um, he did a, his first sort of documentary, mockumentary called How to Make Money Selling Drugs. And it's basically this how-to guide. And so it's Survivor's hilarious. Guide to Prison, where it's from detainment through incarceration, through solitary confinement, how do you survive it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a similar mockumentary-style take, but using very real examples. Um, and he's started now this Survivor's Guide to Earth, um, where we're, we're premiering some of the episodes on Riot. Um, others are going elsewhere. But he basically goes through, you know, how to deal with a aggressive officer, how to know what your rights are during entertainment. So, like, there's an education process that happens to happen in the general public about what your rights are and about, you know, what the criminal justice system looks like. And a really hard internal look by the institutions that are where this behavior is sort of being propagated or being or previously being condoned even. And in some cases, there will need to be sort of scapegoats for this, right? There will need to be the officers that are locked away and whose privileges and badges are revoked because of these sorts of things in order for people to know that they can't just get away with it. You know, it's the same thing as our criminal justice system. Like, uh, punishment has to be swift, certain, and severe. And the two most important ones of that are swift and certain, right? The severity... uh, arguably matters a lot less than those other two. And so the same has to go for for cops and for, for the police. To us, that's, you know, the whole citizen journalist thing. It goes back to that, like people mm-hmm. telling their own stories. The more they do that and the more those stories are amplified by platforms like Riot, um, I think the closer we're going to get to a society that doesn't have to be so embarrassed when it looks in the mirror. I'm just curious how Riot plans on exploring the election coming up. So we have this amazing team of Eric Pfeiffer and Mark Ambinder, both of whom have been political correspondents uh, in D.C. for 10-plus years mm-hmm. apiece. We're so excited about 2016. I think this election is going to be one of the most insane sort of social media storms we've ever seen for any event yeah, in history, right? The fact that we now have Periscope and the fact that we now have, like, you know, 360 virtual reality and live streaming. Like, all of the new technology and how it's going to apply to the election, I think remains to be seen a little bit, but we're, we have some plans to incorporate Mm -hmm. both virtual reality and live streaming with our own sort of correspondence in this sort of mobile first consumption. We have big plans around this. Wonderful. I think, do you plan on leaning towards one candidate or another? Do you want to shine a microscope on all ends of things? This is something that I, as a consumer, is hard, as we talked about Mm -hmm. with Fox, with CNN. They're always tend to be bias as a voter I just want to know everything right like let's just like shine light on everything and so we can make our own informed decisions and I think Mm -hmm. that that is lacking by so many media outlets totally you're totally right so we we haven't historically endorsed candidates Mm -hmm. but I think for us the most important thing beyond getting people actually out to the polls is first getting people educated about the issues and where these candidates stand on the issues. There's a great website that I came across recently called isidewith.com where you can take a quiz about all of the social, economic, environmental issues 
um, and sort of indicate where you stand on all of them and then to what to what extent or to what degree it's important to you and it'll churn out a percentage at which you agree or disagree with various candidates. Um, oh, interesting. I like that's that. That's great. You because know, the verbiage on the ballots themselves is so mind-numbingly confusing yeah, that you're like, I, I don't know if I just took away my reproductive rights or not. Right. Like, yeah. I'm so unclear right now. Yeah. Right. And to me, I mean, the interesting thing, too, about being a woman and voting in this election, like, when I took that quiz, I was 95% Bernie Sanders, 86% Hillary, and, like, you know, down down the line. I, mean, I love Bernie Sanders. I've loved him for years like I remember when he first started speaking out ah, yeah so there you go I, mean, I don't know if he's like sticker. president material but like ever so, since he started speaking out I was like this guy just like says what's up it seems like that's the thing and like to me there's a there's an optics thing that I can't ignore right which is like going from Obama to Bernie feels like a downgrade and right. I can't help feeling that way when I when I hear him speak even though I like him and I want to sit and like have dinner with him and I think he's brilliant um but also, like, I don't know if that, whatever that 9 or 11% margin that I had on my Where I Stand quiz makes up for the optics of having a woman in the White House right. to mm. me. And, like, even if Hillary and I disagree on, you know, this specific sort of energy policy, then, you know, does that negate what advances, I think, would be created by Can they a merge? woman having the highest <laughs> Can yeah, Hillary I mean, be Prez and Bernie be VP? There's a decent chance that happens. And if I that like happens, that. I think that'd be cute. they'd have every Dem in the country. Yeah. So certainly we want to be a tool and a resource for people who want to know what the issues are and where the candidates stand, as well as how they can vote, right? That's I'm, the best you can ask for, I think, more so than endorsing someone. Because if you're endorsing someone, you're just doing exactly what everyone else is doing and being mm-hmm. like, this is what we think. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to let people kind of discover it for themselves. And yep. everything you guys are doing I'm about is cool. it. I'm a fan. We're about it, about it. I think everything Riot.org is doing is cool. And uh, we can find you. Tell us on your social media. Yeah, we're at Riot News on Twitter and Instagram. We're Facebook.com backslash Riot. Riot with a Y. Riot with a Y, exactly. Um, and we will be coming out with an app very soon. We're really excited about that. We didn't get much of a chance to talk about it, but we're interestingly and quickly becoming one of the one of the primary production studios for virtual reality content for documentary style filmmaking. Oh wow. So the right now, I mean what's so interesting to us about this and I could go on for an hour is it's a mobile first mm-hmm. technology, right? So what you can do now is on your phone pull up videos that have been filmed in 360 degrees and either watch them like this on your phone moving your phone around you in a circle. YouTube has this player or there are a number of different apps where you can actually make it VR. So it splits the screen in two. You put it into a headset or you hold it up like this, and it's immersive. Whoa. You're immersed in it. And what's crazy, and for us especially who you know, work humanitarians first, storytellers second, journalists third, for us to have a technology where when someone puts it on, all barriers are broken down. You know, If someone's making eye contact with the camera while you're filming it, and then you watch the video with a headset on, there is nothing in your brain that doesn't process that as eye contact. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you can be transported to places you wouldn't have the opportunity to go otherwise. You could be put into situations you have maybe never experienced. And for us, it's so important to get people immersed and to get people feeling that you know they're no longer so distant from the things that they're consuming. Because if distance is the enemy of compassion, then like, of course, this is the best tool wow. or medium we have uncovered for fulfilling this promise of real 
connectedness. And when is this going to be available for this technology? Um, so in September, we're launching the Riot app. But right now, if you have a Samsung Galaxy or you have any Android, hey, there are hey, a couple hey. of apps no that one you can wants download. To no one wants to text with Elizabeth because she has that phone. <laughs> you can download uh, the Oculus app um, okay. and Milk VR, and they have a number of, of VR sort of films there. But as soon as the Riot app is downloaded, it's going to be announced across all of our platforms, and you'll be able to download it on your phone, watch in virtual reality the aftermath of the Nepal earthquake, you'll be able to swim with wild dolphins, you'll be able to see what it's like to cross the border down in Tijuana, and most exciting to me, the first ever virtual reality footage out of Aleppo, Syria, which has been in civil war for four years, they haven't let in Western journalists in years, and seeing in Immersive 360 what that city looks like now is the first thing that's made me understand the refugee crisis. Mm -hmm. It used to be the size of Houston, bustling metropolis. Literally, it looks like a demolition zone. The uh. entire thing, every single building has been bombed. Every street is deserted. And you're like, oh, shit, all 2.5 million people who used to live there are now somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. So... That's another thing that's super exciting to us. Molly, you're really fighting the good fight, giving <laughs> yeah, a thanks. voice and a solution to things that are voiceless and seemingly solutionless. And it's really cool. And I'm excited that hopefully we got to educate our listeners. Definitely check it out. And if you have, hopefully we've added a little bit more context to your guys' mission because it's fabulous. And thank you so much for being here. Thank and where can we check me. you out? Do you have... Twitter, you have oh, the yeah, social media. Own, it's you know, my own stuff. It's Molly cool. DeWolf. It's back to that middle name. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Molly DeWolf Swenson. Cool. So, we'll yeah, check you out. We'll link to that. And thank you so much for being Thanks, here. You guys. Thank you. And now it's time to get some messages from the universe in the form of feedback we've gotten from our listeners. Yay! This first one comes from Marissa on our Facebook page. We actually Hi, Marissa. went ahead and checked it for once. Yay. No, we are up on our social yeah, media game. We're just on our computers all day long. If you guys think we have lives, you're wrong. So Marissa, <laughs> first of all, thanks for hitting us up. And she said, I just started listening to your podcast on my long drive from Florida back to New Jersey. In parentheses, lifesaver and I'm hooked. Thank you. And while listening to the episode on juicing, I thought about hypnosis too. When your guest was saying your body knows what it wants to eat, leafy greens and all that jazz, it's mind that it's the mind that fucks everything up, I thought. Is that why people try hypnosis to lose weight, stop smoking? Does it really work? Does it only work on certain people? Do you ladies have thoughts on this? Thanks again. You're both badass. So here's what I'm thinking. Hypnosis episode. Great suggestion. Love that. So... Guys. Basically, like, we're always looking for suggestions on what you guys are interested in in terms of health and wellness and, and happiness. So thank you, Marissa, and we're totally going to look into that. And we encourage and crave your feedback. And we love you. Yeah, and also just any positive reinforcement would be great. Yeah, I mean, a validation is just <laughs> – there's no price on validation. And then this one comes from Dakota, also through our Facebook do you have a list of links and products you guys mentioned during the show floating around on the web somewhere? I try to note things, but sometimes I multitask and listen and miss it. Love a multitask while listening to a podcast. Super yeah. important, Dakota. I we actually try to list everything on the blog. If there's anything we missed, though, definitely check out our Twitter because we consistently are posting any links and shouting out any of the brand's ideas or articles that are mentioned on the show. That's so retrograde. Yes. Plug, plug. Yes. And if you have any questions about the products, I mean, tweet us. We run the Twitter. So, 
Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We don't have an assistant yet. All right. It's time for Roses and Thorns. Roses and Thorns. Yeah, yeah. I feel like my, my register is getting higher. Roses and Thorns. You sound great, Steph. Thanks, guys. I'm an artist. So Roses and Thorns, it's the time of the show where we go through the high and the low of the week. What you got, Steph? Well, I discovered uh, this article on Jezebel via Twitter, and now it's on AOL.com. Um, which the 13-year-old actress on Girl Meets World, Rowan Blanchard, took to the internet. We're all huge fans. Just kidding. Well, I... <laughs> Topanga damn, forever. Damn, dude. She, you're right. Okay, Topanga was the OG. <laughs> but this girl is doing something awesome. She mentioned something about feminism and then got feedback and people were asking her to clarify. And then she wrote this, like, basically this essay on her Instagram about... Just why feminism is a social justice issue and why, like, it doesn't, why it's such an amazing cause because really what it calls for is just equal rights for, like, all people. Um, That's what I'm saying, Rowan. Yeah, and she points out. um, 13 from the Disney Channel. I mean, who would have thought? If you're letting your children watch Girl Meets World, I think you guys are making excellent choices because that chick is an intellectual powerhouse of a role model. I just think it's like a mind opening. And also just like when I read it, I was tickled. I was like, first of all, this child is more able to express herself via the written word than I am. <laughs> so good on you, Rowan. If you want to be on the yeah, podcast, Rowan. we'll keep it PG. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just a cool little thing. So that's my rose. And also uh, I found an article for um, making your own strawberry fruit roll-ups. Oh, yeah. Which we should also tweet because... Have you guys ever tried that? It's so easy. It's like the easiest thing. You basically need like wax paper and strawberries and one other ingredient to bind in. It's like super easy. So I think we should post that because now that I've officially given up gluten and all grains of all kinds. The biggest shift in your life is about to happen. Yeah, I'm done with grains. Guys, the, the talk on my bowels has reached critical mass and it's time to clean out. So on to the next. That's my vibe right now. Rose and thorn. Rose and thorn. So this been rose. fun pizza. <laughs> so this rose, I'm very pleased to talk about. Uh, this past week, the born and made campaign was launched. Carol's daughter, the American-made beauty company that's out of Brooklyn. You can see them at Target, and then I am that girl who Emily Greener friend of the show and former guest is the co-founder of they teamed up for the born and made campaign which is this watermark that you can put over a photo of yourself that highlights your name where you're from and what you're made of and whose daughter you are since the campaign has launched and at the time of this recording it's been three days and they've already had 50,000 people over 50,000 people engage in this pro-women, pro-community campaign, which I spoke to Emily about this today, and she says it goes to show how much people want to be heard and seen, and that is exactly what I and that girl is about and why it exists, to bring people together in shared experience. So it's just so exciting, first of all, to see our friends making a difference in the world and people who we've had on this show because they're making an impact continue making an impact so I urge you guys to check that out it's bornandmade.com and you can check out the hashtag bornandmade on Instagram and we made them and we'll also post them on Instagram super cute well this is today's show I feel excited I feel like my juice comes up and I'm giving up gluten 13 year olds are feminists my Um, caffeine high is coming down and equalizing out Yes, and um, social change, and super moon and Pisces, and I just feel like, guys, go forth and prosper. 
Thank you for tuning in to the universe and coming to our show. The universe brought you here, and now we're leaving you. We'll miss you. Thanks, Molly, for being on the show and Riot News. Check us out at thatsoretrograde.com and at so retrograde. Until next time, I'm Elizabeth Cott. And I'm Stephanie Simbari. Namaste.